You saw your son at his wedding. No, that's Furio. That's my gay son. Him I get. Hank's a knob. He doesn't have any hobbies or interests. All he does is play that, what do you call that crap with the dungeons and the dragons? Dungeons and dragons? That's the crap. Good morning, morning, Greendale. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And here are your morning announcements. Today we're talking about Community Season 5, Episode 10, Advanced, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. Today I am your DM because we will be doing Outsourcing Mike's Bitch! That's how you always intro your your D&D when we're playing with you, so I figured I'd do the same. See how it felt? It didn't feel right for me, but it does feel right for you. Uh, Anyway, let's get that good, good shuffle so we can get directly into the D&D action. Mm -hmm. Your your D&D laugh did remind me of a guy that I know that I used to play D&D with a lot, where whenever he'd run a game... Uh, whenever, whenever he had a, like a, a bad guy, he'd always lean back in his chair and like put his put his arm like back here on the the back of the sure, chair, yeah. and that's stuff. how you knew he was evil because he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, buddy, I got the drugs. That's right." Like did every he, every time, did he ever every single did he time ever use it as a red herring at all ever? I don't think he. I don't think he was aware that he did it. Like, oh. he just. It was one of those things where, like, he's like, "Oh, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta portray this this person as like a baddie." So he'd be like, "Yeah, I can. We can make a deal." The, the, like, just ooh, okay, fair every enough. time. I feel like there's there. Oh. Not to distract from outsourcing Mike's bits, which the music is still playing for, but there, like, it feels like there, there are other types of bad guys you could play. You could do the timid bad guy. That's part. I mean, anyway, just I guess I guess if you're the, the big bad, you're generally a confident sort. So, hit me with your question, Mike. Hit me with hit me your with, best hit- question out of the deck. Okay, um, Ben, my co-host and be- good friend, Ben. Yes. Would you rather have your jaws wired shut for a month drinking only out of a straw or wear an eye patch for a year? Eye patch. Um, okay. Because um, here's two, two things. Uh, eye patches, there's a story. And like, I'm not going to say that I made a cryptic weird deal with a... a card warlock who was like i'm going to draw this question oh wait he leans back in his chair i'm gonna draw this i'm gonna it's hard to talk into a microphone while i'm (laughs) leaning back (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna draw one of these cards and then you have to pick one or the other and then i'm like oh no he's lean, leaning back in his right. chair i think he might be evil but First then i made the I, deal anyways yeah i do want to and point then, out if we're gonna do physical humor a we should probably tape this and b we should wear lavalier mics go ahead <laughs> and then um but then i make that decision anyways and then he he pulls this i'm like oh no he was evil but like, I don't have to tell people that I made this foolish deal with a card warlock. Right. I can be like, "Oh yeah, I lost my eye in a in a bar fight 
um, outside of Reno. Like, mm-hmm. I can make up a cool story How about come it. It's always outside of Reno. What's going on well, out there? Well, I'm not allowed in Reno uh, for reasons that I don't have time to get into. Sure, but, um, sure. We only have about an hour in this podcast. It's not nearly long enough. So, but yeah, so like, A, I can make up a story and it sounds cool. Sure. B. You can actually food, talk. Food. Is, uh, screw talking. I'll, like, whatever. Okay, I don't fair. care. Fair enough. No podcast. I'll, I'll do. For a year. I'll do a whole podcast. I'll do a whole podcast. Oh, no, for a, for a month. For a, a month. I, I'll do. I I'll do four four episodes in a row where I'm talking like this. Welcome to Good Morning Greendale. We'll we won't lose any followers. I Not promise. even at one. Um, so, but mostly, I love food too much mm-hmm. because, like, if if. I had to if if I, I if I talked to the cards warlock and he pulled a card and it's like you can either uh, either all food is going to be great forever but you can't have sex or all sex is going to be great forever but food tastes like cardboard I would be like give me the food please okay thank fair you enough. um that's how much I need to I need to be able to eat the food because like if i can't do that i'm just that i'm gonna get to the end of that month and i'm just gonna be like kill me please so i guess whereas a year with an eye patch i'm just being like yeah whatever i lost this in a bar fight in reno now i have a question what happens sorry just outside of reno yes i'm not not allowed allowed in in. yeah yeah we can't go into that now what happens when you no longer have an eye patch and you have an eye again is that when you say like i got experimental eye surgery like what what are we talking about uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say um, I got a new eye installed, and if anyone asks, uh, I will remind them why I'm not allowed in Reno. So, dang. <laughs> uh, for, uh, first, I have a, a plea for our listeners: if you do want to make fan art of the the card warlock, please God, I want to see it. Um, if you mm-hmm. if you if you are just so so enamored with the character of the card warlock, I would love to see it. Um, for me, I think I'd probably agree with you. Um, very similar reasons, although there is something enticing about like that first burger after getting your jaw unwired, like being able to open your jaw again. There's something very like like it will be an or forgive my word an orgasmic burger. I, you know, because you, you haven't, you might've tasted stuff, good stuff, but you haven't had that good texture of just burger and the, all the, you know, the, the, the condiments all over your face. I think we might, I think I'm pretty unique in how I eat burgers, but Mm -hmm. because again, condiments all over my face. Mm -hmm. Some people get, uh, scrambled eggs all over their face. I get condiments. Um, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) I beat you to it. Um, What is a boy to do? (laughs) We should just have like a whatever whatever we do past Future Island Community, we should just have a Frasier corner where like I watch an episode of Frasier and say it's fine and then move on. Um Look, no, we th- still owe people Frasier, we, so we let's s- not <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are going to back to the Futurama well at some point. Um yeah, I think eye patch for the year is the better choice. Uh it's only a you you get done with a month and you can you, you people can get used to a lot, but for having your jaw wired shut for a month without like breaking your said jaw seems like a waste, especially because 
I, I don't think – I think it's usual that people that have that happen lose a lot of weight really quickly because they're not getting all the nutrients and that they need. So although not a terrible weight loss strategy is a terrible weight loss strategy. Absolutely terrible. Um, so I'm going to go with the eye patch as well, for, for very similar reasons to you. I next time next time you make a D&D character I want you to make a warlock whose gimmick is that he has these cards that he has everyone make deals with and I want you to be a warlock dressed in bright jaguar's teal uh in like a robe that's jaguar's teal and just go around being like hey, 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 I'm the card warlock Ben say less I'm already <laughs> like I, I'm going to figure out how to c- turn my current character into that mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. is a timid woman who kind of is a, a cleric, but don't get me wrong. Like, I, I can just talk to the wrong wizard once and become uh-huh. and- the Jaguar's <laughs> card warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to make a deal with your card? Uh, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, let's talk about God. advanced, advanced Dungeons and Dragons. I'm the card warlock has to, oh my God, it's such a great idea. Holy hell. I, I almost want to buy like a miniature of it. It would go ahead. Uh, so it starts out in the study room, the group's all doing whatever they do these days. And, uh, I I think it was, they needed, uh, the Dean was bringing something to the, uh, to the committee because, uh, insurance, we need it. And yeah, I mean, I don't pay attention to any of that anymore because it's just like, <laughs> it's so hack- here's, here <laughs> is flimsy context for this group to this group of individuals who have graduated from this four year community college to still be at this community college in season five. That's fair. Um, <laughs> it, it lasts three seconds to get the Dean there. And also they're all hanging out in the, in the study room. And Hickey, we find out that he has an estranged son, which is not his gay son who got married, mm-hmm. um, but his other son who, uh, quote, just plays the game with the Dungeons and the Dragons. And like, Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, that's the one. I believe he calls it crap, but yes, I say. Oh, yeah, it's like that's yeah, that crap. Yeah, uh, they right. also do have a, a cute little moment where where Jeff is mentioning fabulous Neil and Neil shows up in the background just doing whatever Neil does. It's great. I, it's a small little moment. Well, it's, that's it's, very nice. it's great because Jeff is even like, oh, Neil's still around, you know, doing whatever he does in the background. And then Neil's in the background doing um, whatever he does, doing whatever he does. <laughs> so, um. Through this through this convoluted conversation, we find out that uh, Hickey is estranged from his son um, for reasons um, he, he doesn't. His son, who who we find out momentarily, is played by David Cross. Incredible and I only, casting. I only refer to for the entire rest of this episode as David Cross because I missed his name and I don't care. It's David Cross. <laughs> yeah, he kind of plays David Cross whenever he's playing anything. But it is another guest star in the 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 parade of look at all these guest stars. Don't worry about Donald Glover. Don't worry about Donald Glover. It's, we got these true. guest stars. So uh, David Cross uh, does not want Hickey to see uh, his son. David Cross's son and thus uh, Hickey's grandson. Right. Uh, for complicated family reasons that we get into later in the episode. Well, everybody's got complicated family reasons. It's community. It's life, man. That's true. It's That's life. also fair. 
But community so, seems to like ramp it up just a little bit more. It's true. So they they come up with a convoluted idea to throw a D&D game to get Hickey to make up with his son. Yeah. Um and there's like there is no real pretext to any of this. They're just like here's the setup. All right. Teleport to apartment 303. We are in the in the in the apartment we are ready for this game like that's it you're just right. in it i do want to point out that the the setup for the D game is absolutely unhinged again uh, because i i had forgotten that abed apparently rolls everything in the D that they play um mm-hmm. so i'm literally like who is playing D? there's no rolling space they're sitting on beanbag chairs what's happening and then i was like oh right abed rolls for literally everything that mm-hmm. happens I mean, we we talked about it in the other D and D episode, but uh, I was told that it's just that was how Dan Harmon learned how to play because when he joined a group, that his DM was just roll everything, and so he kind of thought that's what D and D was. Um, so I there mean, you it's, go. it's a certainly a flavor, but I was just like immediately taken aback, like what the hell is this D and D game? And then I remembered, like, oh right, Abed does all the rolling in in this universe. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also see that being like, yeah, Abed being like, don't worry about bringing your own dice. Oh, I got it. Because that that feels like an Abed thing to want that kind of control over, too. Well, and I mean, also, like, if, you know, you've got a group who doesn't generally play D&D, like, they don't That's have fair. their own. You're, you're not going to be like, go to a game store and spend $8 on seven plastic multi-shaped things that you will use this Saturday and never again. To be fair, they've done it twice. This time they should have bought dice. It's true. Um, well, and it is funny to me that they're just immediately like, cause like the, the ideas gets, got the idea gets brought up and then Annie's just like, Oh, we should play a Dungeons and Dragons game. Like they're just gung ho. Like they do this every week. Cause like, that's a thing that I say, Yes, That's the thing that where someone's like, oh, hey, I have an idea for a and d game. And I'm like, I will be there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm going to be my character, my my barbarian, Bronathan, uh, which is the name I came up with for one a couple of episodes back. My favorite um, part is that could be literally any in, put in any context and Bronathan just works like Bronathan oh, yeah. the superhero. Absolutely. That works. Uh-huh. Bron- Bronathan works great for that. He's a barbarian. He is... Uh, it works well for offices and bosses. Yeah, exactly. That's um, great. So the game starts. Abed has once again created characters for everyone. Uh, reusing he, uh, uh, the the Hector the Well-Endowed. Reusing Hector the Well-Endowed. Hey, uh, when you got a good character, you might as well go back to the well. It's true. So... He he assigns everyone characters, including uh, David Cross is Joseph Gordon Diehard, son of Sir Riggs Diehard, it's who is, so of course, uh, Hickey. I do love the through line of Abed just not being able to create names. Just not even close. It's so good. I... I relate way too much with that. Um, both this D and D episode and the previous one. Every time I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I, I get it. I get it." Um, 
But but so he does assign them, but he then uh, David Cross kind of is like, oh, clearly that I'm the son, and this is something to get us mm-hmm. all together. Why don't we just shuffle these around a little bit? Yeah, because David Cross is immediately like, okay, this is a convoluted BS, like feel da- good. Yeah, David Cross understands uh-huh. what's happening in the television show. Well, because it's not <laughs> subtle. <laughs> That's fair. That is also fair. If I was like, hey, Mike, I'm going to play a D&D game and I'm going to invite your estranged father. Mm-hmm. By the way, I made you a character. Uh, he is Son Sunnington, the son of uh, Lord uh, Estranged Father um, of the, you know, of the, the Northrend Estranged Fathers. Um, sure. Uh <laughs> I do love that you, you just a moment ago you're like I get not being able to name people and you're like Sun Sunningson. Uh-huh. Also I I definitely uh meant to say Neverwinter and instead I just stole Northrend from World of Warcraft. <laughs> so You know the best part? I didn't catch that. I didn't clock it because it sounded well, I like need to, yeah, that, I need to call a- it out. I that need to call it out D&D now before esque, 80 yeah. angry people start yelling at me. Hey, um, hey, that's great engagement. 80 people yelling at us on Twitter. The hell site, it's failed website Twitter. It would be, if you want to yell at us, please do. That failed website needs something. 80 listeners would be uh, 90% of our listeners. So, um, right. you know. Uh, so anyways. So what um, you're telling me is we have way more followers on Twitter than listeners. Probably. So, um, a- anyways, uh, also, um, one of my best, uh, D and D it wasn't, it was actually in a Hunter of the Reckoning game, but, um, to get around my random character, my name, my NPC naming issues. Sure. I printed out a list cause Hunter takes place in modern day. Okay. So I printed out a list of the 1,000 most common male names, female names, and last names in the United States. Sure. But then uh, that's how you end up with like John Johnson. Uh, n- no, because like I would I would roll dice to like sure. pick them, but that's how you end up with like um, Jorge uh, McDuff or like just like these weird like I. I could see Jorge McDuff. Uh, the these weird like um, the thing is, you know, really gonna, a really yeah. uh, uh, Latino sort of name, uh, first name, and then like straight up Scottish. Like, yeah, that's fair. Um, but so you won't get like stuff like you know Braxton or something like that for the right. So eventually, um, I was just like, you know what? I keep I keep rolling these, and it's it's uh, it's just. Uh, is weird. So instead, I'm just gonna pick the one thousandth most common name and the uh, f- uh, female name and the one thousandth most common surname. And I ended up with a character named Selena Vang, who uh, <laughs> listener of the show Nate uh, was convinced because it was a Hunter of the Reckoning game that it was uh, that she was a vampire because I was like Vang Fang. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear and. Yeah, um, yeah. So Selena Vang became quite the the little joke. Uh, this whole bit is mostly for Nate's sake. Hi, Nate. How you doing? Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks Again, for not 80... yelling at us on Twitter about me using the name Northrend. A very clear World of Warcraft reference when I'm talking about D&D. 
You know, I really love it when our podcast goes like from niche to basically talking to a single person. Um, boy, howdy. So anyways, um, David Cross shuffles up all the characters. He ends up with um, Tristram, Tristram, Tristram. Boy, howdy. He ends up with Tristram Steelheart. Uh, who's a cleric um, with, and he declares that he has a dumb name. Fair. Uh, Hickey gets uh, Tiny Nuggets the Thief. I which think it's Nubbins, is, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's Nubbins. On Tiny Nuggins, a, a, a thief, and the rest is gibberish. I always heard it as Nuggets, and for whatever reason, on Hulu, this episode, I don't know if this happened for you, but the subtitles were off by like oh, yeah, a whole second and a half. It was disastrous. Um, so on, on Wikipedia, it says it's Tiny Nuggins. So not tiny, Nuggets and not Nubbins, but Nuggins. Tiny Nuggins. Okay. On Tiny Nuggins. My favorite um, one is Britta. Her name is just Fibrosis. <laughs> Uh, my favorites is Shirley, uh, who oh, yeah, is Crouton, fair. the druid, who she immediately, she sees druid and she like crosses herself cause she's like, oh, oh, Crouton. But I love the <laughs> name Crouton because nothing really captures the weird chaotic energy of her character dying and then them keep saying incredibly serious things about like mourning the loss of crouton <laughs> yes um, that is like that is she good. she dies and later on and she leaves and annie is like i take a moment of silence to mourn my fallen comrade crouton before rifling through her belongings that sentence that single sentence is the essence of dungeons and dragons <laughs> it sure is it's that that's how you know somebody that's played Dungeons and Dragons wrote this mm-hmm. episode. Exactly. Like there's a lot of discourse about the Dungeons and Dragons movie and how like there's too many jokes in it or whatever and it's like have you ever played Dungeons yeah, and Dragons? Have you been around there? It's nothing but jokes. Um and yeah, Annie is Hector the Well-endowed again. Um which does uh come back later during a montage where she is waving her giant dick around and saying i spray everything and i'm like i i hate i hate that yeah i I hate that because before what we saw was we didn't get what she was saying but we definitely got it this time and i'm not it's it's Uh uh, yeah well and last time last time it was a sweet romantic moment where she whips it out while romancing an elf putting one hand on one boob hand on the other boob she very clearly pantomimes that so i know i know that move yeah uh and then she she like hoists up the giant dick so yeah we don't get what she's saying but like it's it's a very it's a clearly romantic thing but in this montage she is just like i spray everything and i'm like oh my god put that dick away and geez geez a thing that i have to say all the time in D D is put the dick away so anyways hey you you um, have it you know we've we've had some history there my characters (laughs) so my next character will be card warlock with giant dick got it (laughs) (laughs) okay now i'm gonna put you on the spot what is card warlock with giant dick's name 
Oh God, Dick Warlock, of course. <laughs> Please, Richard, if you will. Uh, oh my I god! Legit- I legitimately was like, "Well, okay, well, you gotta have magic in there for the warlock part, because because you could style him as a stage magician that just is surprisingly well endowed." But then you went straight to Dick Warlock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, Dick Warlock. Uh, I don't know if people know this. Dick Warlock is a real dude who's an American actor and stuntman. I did not so, know that. That's incredible. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, he, he has this is uh, his. He was born as Richard Anthony Lemming. He chose he, that. He now he's Dick Warlock. He chose that. He chose that. Um. God damn, he has got he's got dickwarlock.com. <laughs> I'm going there. Hell yeah, Dick you should. Warlock. I mean, there's cool there's some cool pictures of of Dick Warlock here. But it's not what you're going to get if you were in a specific moment and you're like, "Man, you know what I really want? I want a Dick Warlock." <laughs> I mean, I guess you're getting Dick Warlock, just not the Dick Warlock you would want. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I love, anyways, I, I do love how his bio is multiple images. Hmm. Um. So that's. I want to know why he why he found the name. I want to search it because I want to find that why he changed his name to that. I mean, why wouldn't you? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess. So I suppose if you're uh, if you're in, I I, I suppose if you're in <laughs> if you're in show business, you know you have to sometimes you have to take a stage name, and you know honestly, pretty good to go with Dick Warlock. Pretty good. Yeah, people are gonna remember if if you're like because you know what people don't remember most stuntman's names. I remembered his name. I remembered stuntman Dick Warlock's name. Uh huh. Because it's Dick Warlock. Now, because I, it's I, Dick I, Warlock. I do. I, I have his Wikipedia open, and in in his filmography, it's interesting because his first one, The Ballad of a Gunfighter, in 1964, he was credited as Dick Lemming, and then uh, his next credit, he was uncredited on The Green Berets, but he on The Love Bug in 1968, he was credited as Richard Richard Warlock. So he's in mm-hmm. the process of changing it, and then he gets to Dick Warlock. You you don't you don't go from Richard Lemming to Dick Warlock overnight, dude. You gotta well, you he, gotta he, he was ease into as Dick it. Lemming. So that one may, seems to make sense as a quick. But you're like you're taking a step back to Richard Richard Warlock before diving into Dick Warlock. Well, it's like you're shifting a car, right? You, okay. You start you start up in 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 first gear sure you shift it down into second so boom that is that is you go from richard lemming to dick lemming right got it and then you're like you shift it up to three so you go you go back up to to three that is back up in richard warlock territory Uh, and then and then and then then bam yeah fourth gear that's dick warlock gear man and in this Fourth card, gear is Dick Warlock gear. And, and you can in this quote car, me on that. it is it is also equivalent to like tenth gear in a normal car. It's going you're going past the speed of sound. It's great. You're going. Uh, fast, sorry, just want to say this. Uh, you can cut it. It's you're going faster than the speed of Dick. 
<laughs> you can feel uh, free to. I, I noticed my volume getting louder and louder as we talk more and more about Dick we, Warlock. We are, um, let's see, uh, halfway through my first page of notes. So that's great. <laughs> We're doing great. Chang is a troll named Dingleberry. He's sure. technically there. Um, Jeff gets Riggs. Riggs diehard and Dean, of course, gets Joseph Gordon diehard. Mm-hmm. And the Dean immediately shifts into full on 100%, 1000% into this role play. Oh, yeah. And hamming because it up he gets to moment. be Jeff's son. Um, and uh, I got to say, highlight of the episode for me. Absolutely. Uh, Jim, totally Jim Rash playing Dean Pelton, playing Joseph Gordon diehard is what good t- television is. American treasure. I'm who Hickey was, Sir Riggs Diehard. I am Joseph Gordon, son of Riggs. I protect the blade of Diehard, a family sword whose power knows no equal. In our clan, the leader carries the hilt, his eldest heir the blade, for we believe man's greatest weapon against evil is the bond, is the bond between father and son. So the goal of this this uh, campaign, this little uh, one shot campaign here is that they have to go to the necromancer's tower and they have to kill the necromancer. And that's it. And um, David Cross is immediately like, oh, that's what I love about role playing games is being told exactly what to do. (laughs) Um, So it's clear David Cross This is not his first medieval rodeo. Right. Um, yeah, uh, he, you as a DM are very good at not telling us what to do to the point where we're like, I don't know, we'll go somewhere, I guess. I have a very improvisational dungeon master style where, right. um, my, my feeling, uh, welcome to Ben's DM corner. Um, my feeling is generally that, uh, you all will come up with better stories than I could ever come up with. So why try to fight it? So I put situations out into the world and then you all come up with something that's like way more clever. And then I have to kind of come up with, you know, what happens with that. The downside to that is that if you are, you got it, you got to provide some hooks, right? Because I can't just be like, you are in. Northrend, a definitely not World of Warcraft place that I made up. Sure. It is uh, in the north, and it is rended in twain. Sure. What do you do? Like, you can't just do that, because, like, you're like, I don't know. I don't know what to do in Northrend. Like, I'm pretty sure you stole this from World of Warcraft. I'm like, no, very clearly did not. And, and then, then you unfurl the, the the novelty World of Warcraft map that you have. It's like with Northrend right just crossed out in <laughs> in black sharpie. Um, the 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 cold place. Uh huh. Um, but yeah. So you know, there there are if 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 uh, you ever feel like uh, you're just like I don't know what to do, then I am not. I'm not doing my job as a DM, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like telling people what to do. That's like, fair. I, I like t- being like, I don't know, some, some thief shows up and tries to kill you. And then like, I don't know, like 
you might kill him back and you might take him to lunch. And I'm like, all right, didn't see the lunch thing happening, but like roll for, uh, roll for mimosas. Mm-hmm. That just reminds me of the uh, TikTok creator that it has roll for sandwich. And he, he rolls, uh, you know, basically an entire sandwich. And sometimes he gets stuff like, uh, you know, ham and marshmallow fluff. And sometimes it's n- not g- bad things. That sounds awful. So um, we do get into, uh, well, so stuff happens. Um, Tristram burns Hector with the Flesh of Fire spell, burns a bridge. They all fall into the Skull River. There's father-son fighting time. And um, Abed... uh, Abed splits the party. Abed splits the party. He's he's accused of not helping, and he says, I'd be a pretty bad dungeon master if I was, which really points back to a more Gygaxian sort yes. of mentality, uh, which I think we've seen before in, in the previous uh, uh, D&D episode. Right. I would where it's this that. idea that, like, he is this totally 100% neutral party who is basically just... Uh, Basically just there to throw challenges mindlessly and also be this like weird neutral arbiter of physics and world mechanics. Right. Um, which is a very old school way of doing it. Um, certainly, uh, if that's your type of game, there's nothing wrong with that. Not really in line with, I think, how most people play these days, but sure. you know, it's certainly not how I do it. It's um, not. I, I get my own dice. <laughs> I just have my dice nearby for some reason. Also, I, you know, this is, you can cut this. I bought a dice tower. I was, I was there when you bought it because you, you ordered it and oh, your wife right. was like, why did you buy that? Look, and you're like, cause I dice need it. Tower. You put it in here. It comes out. It's great. I look forward to seeing it on oh, yeah. Saturday. Can't wait to, can't wait to throw <laughs> some dice in there, baby. Um, so yeah, he he splits the party. Uh, well, the party splits itself That's because the, they well, fall. The the arbiter of the the river splits the party. <laughs> yes, let's uh, let's split even more hairs in the style of D anD. Um. All right. Cool. Well, the rest of this episode is just us arguing about uh the the actual rules for two weapon fighting. So um, just gonna cut to the end of that. Anyways, it's a plus two. Come on, it's a plus three. What are you talking about? You know what? We're just not going to get here. We're just not going to get there. All right. Where were podcast, we? Podcast done. Because oh, we're we just, can't, we're, we're, we, okay. We're just, we can't. We, we, can't, we, can't, we can't agree to disagree. Well, so goodness. That's the last episode of Good Morning Greendale that ever existed. It ends um, midway through. So, um... Uh, no, our podcast is going to end like The Sopranos. It's just going to stop all of a sudden. <laughs> and everyone's going to get real confused. Yeah, and then, it's going to be like, did you did you upload the whole thing? Did you did you upload the whole... Did, we're going to get... If we get 80 tweets about the Northrend thing, we're going to get 84 tweets about like, Ben, I think you... I don't think you uploaded the whole file. Right. I'll be like, no, that was the file. I did it. Like, but yeah. it, it just But it just stops. And I'll be like, yeah, that was the file. Uh, there's something about cutting to a black screen that's not possible in a podcast. 
Oh, I'll make it possible. So <laughs> that the, sounded weirdly like a threat. The party gets split. Um, and in real world, um, Hickey and David Cross get into an argument and they, uh, Hickey says, if I kill the necrophile, which I love that he butchers <laughs> the names of everything. If I kill the necrophile before you do, I get to come to my grandson's birthday. And then David Cross says, okay, well, if I kill the necromancer before you, you don't go to Christmas or Thanksgiving at Aunt Rachel's. I do. So I do love that. It is on. I do love that community is always pretty specific about not D and D not being winning and losing, but then immediately turning around and finding a way to make it very much about uh-huh. winning and losing. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's very wonderful in that way. Um, and then this is the first time because they, they split off. Um, the, I, I, even though realistically it should be uh, the Hickey group and the David Cross group, I called them Group Jeff and Group Dean. Because, I agree with that classification. Yes. Because so, there's a lot of sword polishing. There's a lot of sword polishing. W- welcome to my podcast, Polish My Bell. So... <laughs> Anyways, it would have um, also worked. Uh, Ring my bell. There is just a little bit more poetic, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, they they split. Group Dean goes into the bedroom, and um, this is also this is the first time where we we get Hickey saying that he's going to punch each of them in the heart if they lose because he wants to see his grandson. So if they lose, he's going to punch each one of you in the heart, and he then he repeatedly talks about punching people in the heart for the rest of the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, because he did that, I believe in the jungles of, of Nicaragua, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and now that's his thing. Horrifying, <laughs> horrifying he, thing to be, to be introduced to. He attempts to punch some hobgoblins in the heart later on. And like, he, he does miss because he is tiny nugging nuggins, a very tiny halfling. Uh, huh. Tiny. Ti- it's, He's no it's tiny iota. That guy was great. <laughs> that guy was great. I can't so, wait to go uh, back to Futurama, baby. <laughs> I'm going to be podcasting on these two shows till I'm dead. So, Same. Uh, unless I just end it. Well, then no, but that will make it true. Oh, you mean the podcast. The podcast. I was like, uh-huh. I don't want you to do that because I, I would lose a friend. And you would also make yourself right, but go ahead. So, um, anyways, group Jeff, uh, they start out. Um, I do like Shirley's line where she's like, cause like Annie makes a fire and then Shirley says, well, I can make some s'mores out of, uh, horse meat and s'more horse meat, <laughs> which Despite all the other stuff in the episode, is maybe my favorite line in the whole episode. It's a good line. It's so it's a, good. It's a hilarious line. Um, hobgoblins show up, so Hickey says that he punches them in the heart and keeps running, but he falls over. Uh, they manage to fight off the hobgoblins, but uh, Shirley does die in the process. Yeah. Uh, Cr- Crouton is dead. Crouton is dead. Only foreshadowed in this podcast by us saying <laughs> all the things about Crouton dying. Uh, so 
Crouton, Crouton does die. Uh, Jeff does also, I do like, uh, he's like, go find another name that's not just another creature's name plus Hob. So It's just very specific. <laughs> you know... I gotta, I gotta hand it to Jeff. Is at least trying, right? Like <laughs> he is at least trying is a good way to describe Jeff in most situations. I, f- I feel like maybe because of the guilt uh, that he experienced with with Neil in the first D and D episode, I do feel like Jeff really phoned it in on that one. Oh, or at yeah. least here, at least here, he's he's like. Yeah, what up, Hobgoblin? Like, you know. I do think he also kind of sees he's he's been and and they make this very clear later on that he sees a little bit of himself in this conversation, in this mm-hmm. in this confrontation. So that I think he really does want to make it make it come to a constructive res- resolution. Uh so Shirley uh, Crouton dies, Shirley leaves. We get the line about uh I Take a moment of silence to mourn my fallen comrade Crouton before rummaging through her belongings. Also a very good line. Um, Back at group Dean, Britta doesn't want to help David Cross because he, she doesn't want for him to basically kick Hickey out of the family. Right. Um, And uh, David Cross is like, do you know where he was for all of my birthdays? A little place that rhymes with not there. Chang then replies, Times Square? (laughs) Which is so great. Just wonderful. Great timing. Probably my second second favorite line in the whole episode. Because, like, uh, he he comes up with like that. It's it's pretty amazing, yeah. Also, leave it to Chang to be like, David Cross is, is spilling his emotions all over the floor. And Chang is just like, Times Square? (laughs) <laughs> never never understanding uh human human interactions that chang uh there are some sky spiders um that happen um yeah i'm 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 sort of i'm sort of glossing over a lot of the actual D that happens in this <laughs> because like whatever it's D. we've all played yeah, D. i mean if you're re- recapping exactly this is what they do it's like okay we could have just played the D at this point uh we'll just um well i'm not prepared to make any promises about i was like we'll just get all of the the other community podcasters uh together and we'll just do a D game and then i was like nope nope yeah, i'm not i'm not wanna, prepared to commit that kind of time you want to one shot this with like all the community podcasters um it, you know, it won't be that bad. There's only like 50 other community podcasts. Yeah, one per podcast, please. Um, that won't be a jumbled mess of audio. Have you ever wanted to listen to a podcast that's just 50 people talking over each other at the same time? <laughs> if so, God. I've got the podcast for you. Roll for initiative. I've I've been in some uh, Zoom meetings that are like that. Back at Group, Je- group Jeff, they... Um, uh, find some hobgoblins. They kill a bunch. Uh, Hickey realizes that they can talk. And so he's like, I want to take two alive. And then he does this like weird, like cop interrogation routine where he's like, I originally called it bad cop. He's really not like, cause he's, like good cop, bad cop is like, bad cop is like, you know, Oh, he's going to like cut off your testicles or whatever. Just, you know, you gotta like, 
You got to do what he says because he's a he's a he's a wild one. I'm pretty sure bad by the cops rules. don't go straight to cutting off testicles, but I, maybe I'm maybe I'm up, not up to date on the bad cop good cop. Well, yeah, because good bad cop good cop bad. Well, because you can't do just a you can't do just a one one cop bad cop because like the whole idea of good cop bad cop is the idea that bad cop is so unhinged. That like he might cut off your testicles. Maybe he doesn't go straight to the the testicles thing. Uh, yeah, I but imagine he, might. he would start he with might. maybe an ear, or something a little less, uh, you know, drastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he. So I originally called it bad cop. It's not really bad cop. He's just like, because he's like a little bit like, hey, I'm just I'm just trying to help you out because like right. one he, of you is going to be real worth it to me and the really, other ones not as much really what he's doing is driving a wedge into these two again hobgoblins in a D game slowly mm-hmm. and methodically kind of mm-hmm. s- pressing it down until they finally split and i think that's really i think this scene is you you meant you called it i believe weird i thought it was incredible Oh, well, I mean, it's it's a great scene. Like, it's a great scene of television. Yes. It's a weird thing to to go from, like, I'm Tiny Nuggins, the the thief, to, like, well, we've tied up two hobgoblins, and now I'm driving a wedge between them because we're talking about hobgoblin weddings. Um, to be fair, so, you, you know, I don't think there... The, his 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 tiny nuggins character is loose at the very least. Uh-huh. But I will I mean I will I will say this like if you if you have never played Dungeons and Dragons before and you're interested but you're like nervous about uh, you know having to do the like role play aspect base your first character just a little bit off of yourself. Like they are good. They are really good at one thing that you are really good at as well, mm-hmm. because then you've always got something to fall back on because like tiny nuggins didn't start out as like an interrogation master, but like Hickey gets into it. Right. Because like, you know, I'm sure cause he's a, he's a former cop, right? Like, so I'm sure he has, done something like this probably like he's probably done some interrogations um this isn't coming from nowhere right but uh the fact that without like laughing or without like being like oh this is too weird and fruity and whatever he's just he's playing them off of each other he's doing the he's doing the the interrogation thing he's he's talking 100 percent into like into this game like he is in it because he is able to do this interrogation thing so if you're like oh i just i don't know like you know don't start out like being a a totally different character from you put it put a Mm. little put a little bit of yourself in that character because then you've always got that to fall back on. Right. That reminds me of my first character, the halfling that was really good at archery because I'm very tall and very good at archery. <laughs> yeah, but he liked he liked beer. He he That's was true. really into that. Oh yeah, he was. Um oh, good times. He also almost died uh from a gas balloon that I'm he exploded in his face. This. I'm never gonna outlive this. I <laughs> I'm never, I'm never, I, I, I guess I, 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 yeah, I, I have no defense to this. <laughs> so, um, 
while this is happening, um, David Cross sings a haunting song, uh, sort of a throwback to like Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. when Aragorn's like singing his song. I just want to point out that I wrote that I said uh, in my notes, I can't wait until I learn D&D songs. Uh-huh. Because I'm assuming um, because he's he's really experienced. I'm sure at some point you you get to a level of experience where you learn to sing the uh D D songs of lore. Uh legally I'm not allowed to talk about it to someone who's not been initiated yet. So um Oh damn, I didn't realize I was actually this close. So uh he sings the song. Spy the sky spiders give them directions. Um and um uh, give them directions to the the tower. The dean cape keeps writing letters to Jeff. <laughs> Literally, and, the best part of the episode, in my opinion, and attaching them to sparrows. And he tears um, off a bit of his actual real life shirt to uh-huh. tie it up, and so he keeps doing that. So at, and, so at the end of the episode, he's just like showing belly. It's great. So he keeps handing these to Abed, who and Abed is, is like, there. it's an almost impossible chance that any of these sparrows, you are tying letters written on pieces of your shirt, will ever get to Sir Riggs Diehard. Right. Uh, but it's not impossible. So he keeps trying. And eventually, Abed does roll a 100, and that sparrow gets to Jeff. Yeah, and the note basically says that they should both polish their swords at the same time. <laughs> well, you polish the polish polish the sword and the hilt, okay, which I don't know why fair. one ha- one of them has the sword and one has the hilt. <laughs> it's very um, it, that's how it's described at the beginning. So they do this is Chekhov's sword and hilt that are s- separated. Uh-huh. Um uh but yeah, uh so 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 Jeff sees this and starts polishing the hilt, and then both of them go up, like create this beacon, basically, uh, so they can find each other. I will say the little bits of special effects that creep into this episode are really good. Incredible choices because they do they do it really lightly. You get like when David Cross casts his fire flesh spell, you get like a fire in his in his glasses. Yeah, um, you get this like really um uh like vaseline on the lens sort of effect when david cross is singing his song it's um, so good and then you you get this like jeff's like i polish the hilt of my sword um and then uh it, the beam just like shoots out into like toward the bedroom and it, like <laughs> The because is this this is one of those things that could have very easily been overdone. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but the fact that they used it with such a light touch makes every single one of those really good. Yes, they do that with a, a couple of, uh, if I remember correctly, the the sound effects sometimes trigger without some of those, but it's all very good. Yeah, there's a lot of sound effects, but like the vision, like, and that's fine. I expect sound effects from a from a TV show, like the the sort of like computer graphics almost sure, yeah, yeah. like that's that's where i'm like okay this is per like perfect amount just like light touch but it's there 
I did. Yeah, it. it's it's um, it's real. It's a really well like you, you have to have some of that kind of like restraint from rather than just like mm-hmm. doing a like. And I'm sure that the budget allowed for that restraint. Uh, it said you can't do the blowout. Let's do the uh, the the gentle one. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think it really it really works with the story. Both groups find that they are about ten miles away, so they will reach the tower at the same time tomorrow. And um, they meet it in front of the tower, and there's this this argument where uh, the dean just wants a hug from Jeff, uh, <laughs> and they're like, "No, it's a trap. He's got his pockets are full of gunpowder or whatever." And Jeff pulls his sword. And the Dean goes to uh, to hug Jeff and he gets impaled, which, again, amazing physicality from Jim Rash, because yes, there absolutely. is no sword. But like he gets he gets impaled on the sword, this imaginary sword and just the physicality of Jim Rash going like, oh, like it's perfect. Absolutely. One small quibble. He impales himself. He does not get impaled. He chooses the impaling. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he. I. Uh huh. Um, well, it's, I it's was. It's just who has the agency in this moment, and it is the dean impaling himself. I, I should not have used the passive voice for this uh, impaling. Um, <laughs> because, yes, you're correct. Jeff is holding his sword out and not moving, just kind of. And not moving. It. And uh, the Dean just walks into the sword and impales himself on the sword, but then pulls himself closer to Jeff. Yes, continuing the impaling. And this is where they add some impaling sound effects. It is squishy. (laughs) It's very He makes it all the way. He hugs Jeff, and he's like, worth it. And so uh, Joseph Gordon diehard is dead. Uh, Impaled. By his own actions. <laughs> on his father's sword. On his father's glowing sword. <laughs> um, oh, terrific. We um, get this weird montage of this fight where they're just rolling dice and shouting lightning bolt, lightning bolt. And then this is when this is when Hector the Well-Endowed is like, I spray all over them. And I'm like, this is... <laughs> there's, no d- good, is <laughs> there's no good answer to what... Hector is spraying. There's no good answer. It's always possible Abed gave Hector the well-endowed some sort of like special ability that involves the the spraying. I don't want to know about it, though. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like, what? Is it a fire-breathing dick? Is it a fire-breathing dick warlock? It's. I mean, it's no dick warlock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so um yeah it's just it's a weird loud montage of dice rolling and people fighting you know stuff, shouting yeah. D terms all of the characters are killed except for tiny nuggins and uh tristram steel whatever yes so yeah, they uh, it's it's Hickey and David Cross, <laughs> father and son, the only two alive in D and D. Uh huh. So they get to the necromancer's workshop, um, and the necromancer's gone, and they're, Hickey's like, "You can't just say he's gone. You owe us an ending." And I was I'm like, "I don't owe you anything." 
I don't owe you anything because if you spend an hour outside of a guy's place fighting over who gets to kill him, he's going to escape. And you know what? Which is such a great, great moment because absolutely I would. 100%. See, that's how I like to run my D&D games where it's like it's all about those consequences, right? You could sneak up and like kill, kill the necromancer. But you spent an hour fighting over who gets to do it loudly fighting, in front of his... Fighting your own party. Uh-huh. So yeah, he's gonna... I'm like, you, sh- I'm, if you get to the workshop, I'm like, yeah, dude, fuck, dude ran, man. Like, you were casting <laughs> lightning bolts at each other, tripping over yourselves, impaling, literally impaling yourselves in order to try to kill him so I, yeah he he ran dude he ran i have He's this done. Wonder, i have this wonderful moment in, in my head of the necromancer like looking up looking up from like a, a you know glass of tea in a in a in a in a book and looking out the window seeing this whole maelstrom happening looks at his watch is like well it's time to go you know that meme of the cat who's reading the newspaper yes. and he's like i should buy a boat i imagine that like just reading the paper and then looking up and then just like looking out the window and it's just eight people <laughs> casting lightning bolts at each other, trying to like get to be the ones to kill you. And they're just like, well, it's about that time. <laughs> Don't leave the kettle on, Martha. Uh, and so that Jeff's like, all right, let's go get some fresh air and frozen yogurt on me. Hug it out. And they're like, no. No, no, they don't do that. That was my. <laughs> they don't. Uh, I was wondering what accent that David Cross put on, but it was just that, a bit, bit original. It it was my um, Emperor Palpatine in Star oh, Wars it? Episode Three. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Unlimited power. Uh huh. Um. Uh, what, you know, what everyone's podcast? favorite Star War. Um, <laughs> Literally everyone's favorite Star War. So um, Hickey and David Cross are still arguing in character because uh, David Cross goes to run after the necromancer. Hickey's like, well, I take all the potions. And he's like, oh, well, I no, I we need to split those. And oh, well, how do you hear it? Because you ran. And so like they're arguing, but they're in character. Right. They're like, they're still in the game. They're working. Even Hickey's in the game. Yes, he's mm-hmm. in the game. Um, this is when Jeff and the group decide to just leave them to it and go get uh, frozen yogurt, I believe. Right. Jeff says something like, they can't stand each other and they can't stand being apart. But I think they just found a way to do neither. Um, I didn't quite which, get know, that one, but okay. <laughs> well, you know, they they get to be together, but they're characters i don't know <laughs> i think jeff i one think of, i think jeff is asking us to meet him more than halfway uh with that one but i get i get what he's going for but i'm like mm, okay okay jeff not your best winger speech yeah not the best uh but that yeah that's but the- it, it might be his best uh sir riggs diehard speech we only get one of those uh, so we do get a tag after that, which is Abed running a D and D game for all of Annie's stuffed animals, but they're having a tea party. Uh, yeah, so like but, roll to pass the crumpets and 
Yeah, but they're all mm-hmm. standing at the entrance to the chamber of grief, but not entering. And it's very mm-hmm. clear that Abed is like, okay, what do you want to do? You're at the entrance of the chamber of grief. What do you Would do? Would you want to go into a place called the chamber of grief, Mike? No. But if, wouldn't, if you, wouldn't you rather eat some, some tasty crumpets and have some tea? I would, but if I'm in a therapy appointment, I would want to go into the Chamber of Grief and deal with it. Um, but this is a real Chamber of Grief. It's, oh, yeah, if I'm going into like a legitimate... Like, uh-huh. like if I, I walk in, it goes slam, and then I'm just sad because it's, again, the Chamber of Grief. That would uh-huh. not be a good experience for me, I don't think. Even if I were in Indiana Jones's time. Anyways. Um, Indiana Jones in the Chamber of Grief. Not a great excellent. movie. Um, better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. All right. Probably. Yeah. Probably better than the one Thrown, they're actively filming shame. right now. Look. Phoebe Wal- uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge is in that. And sure. I, my, my, my interest went from... I can't believe they're making a fifth Indiana Jones to I will definitely be seeing that movie because Phoebe Waller Bridge. But there's still probably a kicks little ass. Yes, there's still probably a little bit of oh, I can't I'm believe going, they're making it, but I'm absolutely going to go see it. My eyes will be rolling so hard that they will drop out of my head the entire time I'm loading it up on whatever streaming platform they put it on because I'm not going to a theater for it, mind you. But <laughs> despite the eye rollingness of it, and the fact that I will lament every moment that she is not on screen. Right. I will see it because she's in it, because she kicks ass. Sure. Uh, Sarah and I just watched um, Fleabag okay. uh, a month or two ago, and she is phenomenal in it and um, absolutely great. So I will watch Indiana Jones 5 for her. Not for Indiana Jones, not for Harrison Ford, not for whoever else is. I could be in it. I could be in that movie, and I'm like, I'm not watching it for me. Come on. It's Indiana Jones 5. His first credit, and he's not watching it for himself. There's a fifth one. They made a fifth one, and I am in it for some reason. This is ridiculous. However, I will watch it for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Excellent. So... That's the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) And that means means (laughs) that it is time for this. I I always have a kind of complicated feeling on this episode because I think the first D and D episode generally does it better. Like I think I think the first D&D episode is just more fun. Um, sure. I do. So, so I always, I always kind of come into this one being like, ugh, like they really made it sort of like, sort of like a fifth Indiana Jones. I was like, they really did a second sure. D&D episode. Really? Okay. All right. And, you know, I always remember like David, I mean, David Cross is, is fun in basically everything David Cross is in. But Correct. Um, I always go into it kind of like, eh, but then I'm like, okay, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good little parts in this. Sure. Where like, I really like Hickey's, uh, interrogation thing. I think that's 
a lot of fun. Um, I really like a couple of the little one-liners here and there. Um, but I don't know. A lot of it, a lot of it is kind of just like a montage of like them fighting each other. Um, there's a lot like as a DM, uh, player versus player combat is always a pain in the butt because like it's a real easy way to get hurt feelings in real life. So like, don't do it. That's my other DM advice. Just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Jim Rash though, absolute standout of the episode. Like Mm -hmm. the, in, in, in an episode where they don't have Jim Rash doing what Jim Rash is doing in this episode, I'd be like, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's not bad, but like, you know, it's okay. The The inclusion of Jim Rash and him just immediately falling into this character of Joseph Gordon Diehard. Which is such a great um, name, continues to be. And just like the his his physicality of of everything and the fact that he's literally ripping pieces of his shirt off to like send actual notes because he could just be like abed i send a note to right right but uh, he's going to, into it to sir riggs die hard he's literally writing him out on his shirt uh which is very funny um so him in particular really makes this episode stand out yeah i still I still enjoy the first D&D episode more. Uh sure. issues with blackface aside. Um yeah. But um uh Sarah did ask me. She's like when I was wrapping up this episode, she's like how's how was the episode? I was like it's good. Um you know, I mean it's another D&D episode and she's like and it's better than the other one. I was like no, I like no, the no, other no, one more. On. <laughs> and she's like it didn't the other one. I'm like other than the thing. Yes. <laughs> Be that with that we all this know one, we all this know, one we all know what happened there we know it <laughs> this one does not have blackface in it so it does have that point over right, right. the other one if you're so, doing a pros and cons list <laughs> uh-huh um so yeah uh i i do think overall the other one um is a little bit is a little bit more uh a little bit more fun but um you know, this one's pretty good. Uh, I give it an A minus. Okay. Um, resting very heavily on the shoulders of uh, Academy Award winner Jim Rash. I would uh, agree with you uh, that the Dean is the standout performer of this episode and just incredible. Uh, just the, the like you said, the immediately diving into the character, the the re- hamming it up as the character very very good you're I, I also agree with you like the performances are all great and 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 they're all great like little bits here and there i just find the the main conflict between david cross's character and hickey not well fleshed out um you know kind of to the point where we were talking like the plot kind of is just like get to D and D again, get to D and D again and just do things Right, where it, you know, I think that because of that, you kind of sacrifice a little bit of the main conflict and you kind of construct it as a, we're, we're now in two different teams trying to kill the necromancer or the necrophile or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think that you kind of, and, and, you know, I think, uh, the only, 
thing that's called out as why Hickey was a bad father was that he wasn't there for birthdays, which is like, right. He was a cop and like, you know, you don't get to a hundred percent choose when you work, when you're a cop, you kind of get assigned to duty. But like, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like that could have used, it, it feels underbaked uh, to me. Like all the D yeah. stuff works and it's fun. Um, except for whatever Hector the well endowed is spraying. We've discussed that at length though. Um, uh-huh. But, length, but I th- we've discussed it at length and girth. Oh, of course. Excellent. Good. Fantastic work. <laughs> um, where, where I think that the, the conflict, uh, and, and it's really, really a disservice to keep refer like referring to advanced dungeons of dragons, except for the fact that they do it in the title of the episode and reference right. it or, like this, the show is it's, it, it, it sets itself up for failure because it does that. I think, um, D and D, even it is is a great episode the blackface under understood uh-huh. as the uh-huh. the pr, the con to that episode that episode is a better episode than this is i think i don't think anybody's going to disagree with me there i just i think that the main conceit of that episode is more well well written than this one and i think that it you really need that that conflict to get you why are why are why are they really fighting and you kind of get that later and it's kind of I don't know I just I don't think it's really you know other than like all the little bits and all Abed's everybody's acting their asses off I just <clears throat> I think that 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 underbaking of the core conflict means it's it's weak to me and I and I I, I I'm probably gonna give it a B. Um, because okay. I think, I think because it's like, why are we actually doing any of this? Why are you, if you're just fighting because, you know, you fight then fine. But like every other familial conflict in this show has been very specific. And I think this is just very vague and under, and may, and maybe that's the way they, they wanted to do it. You know, they wanted it to be vague because you're only going to see this character once and Hickey's kind of a. I, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's as strong as, as the original Dungeons Dragons episode. Okay. Uh, yeah, that uh, definitely tracks, but we want to know what you think about this episode, about Dungeons and Dragons in general, about Tiny Nuggins, uh, because mm-hmm. that's a great name. What is about your worst? people in the heart. What is your worst D&D name that you have ever provided? Do you want uh, to jo- wire your jaw shut or wear an eye patch? Talk to us about hamburgers and how great they are. Oh, you man. can do all of these things. Yeah, the whole time you were like, just think how good that hamburger would be after you. And I'm like, dude, I'm thinking about how good a hamburger would be right now. <laughs> so like, I'm, so, I can't I'm so make it a month. I'm so I upset I'm not eating hamburgers. Dang it. You can find us on failing website, twitter.com at goodgreendale. You can find us on the internet at goodmorninggreendale.com. Uh, you can find us on Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash back to Futurama. We do actually have a new Patreon Whoa! patron. Look at that. Which Wonderful. I, I need to pull up my email because I was not prepared. Thank you to Michael. Um, I don't think we got a last name on that, but you know who you are. And great, great name. If I do say so myself. It's fine. Um, All right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Shots fired at your co-host and the newest patron of Good Morning Greendale. 
uh, support us on Patreon.com, where I will decide if your name is good or not. That's a service that you get free of charge at, it, along with the purchase of a Patreon page. It's not really a purchase. It's more of a donate. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, we, we love you all the same uh, for coming to the end of these goofy, nonsensical uh, hours of audio content that we deliver to you. Uh, I, we just hope it puts a smile on your face in some uh, some hard times So or, or good times, whatever times you're having. We just can I offer you a nice podcast in this trying time? I, I knew I was going in that territory and I, I was like, I, I got to steer up and I couldn't get out of there. No, nope. uh, but, but nope. we love you all the same. <laughs> and until next time. Um, oh, and also thanks for uh, uh, sticking with us after um, a little bit of an, an unexpected delay in getting episodes out after some holiday travel and whatnot. Yes, indeed. It was uh, uh, longer than we expected. So um, same. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And until next time, uh, when we're back to talk about another episode of Community, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. I I wish wish you you luck. luck. Roll for initiative.